Take your Bibles this uh, evening and turn to John chapter 2. And I want to read verses 22 through 24. We're going to be speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ that, as we know, that he was a man who knew everything, knows everything, and who was able to speak to the people he came in contact with with no fear. If there was anything that he didn't want to be faced with, um, he escaped. I mean, I don't know how many times, I've never counted them up, but there were a number of times that he saw that they were going to start throwing rocks at him or something, and and Jesus just disappeared out of the crowd. And uh, I don't blame him. It was just, hour had not come. And uh, he was just showing who was the boss. They thought they could do something, and they couldn't without his saying, All right, now the time has come. Now I must drink this cup. Now I must be crucified. I must give up my spirit to God, and I must go into that tomb, be there three days and three nights, and I'll come forth out of that. I'm going to make this temple come alive again. I'm going to rebuild it. And I believe he did. The skeptic says, ah, it's just a pipe dream. We who have experienced the Lord Jesus Christ know that it's a whole lot more than just a pipe dream. He lives within us. He dwells within us. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. John 2, 22. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them. And they believed the scriptures and the word which Jesus had said. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. That same one lives today. He's our intercessor. He's the one, the mediator that goes that we go between between us and God as the Lord Jesus Christ, and he mediates for us. And he testifies of us to his Father. In Luke 2.33 says, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. In 4.22 says, 
and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? You can imagine the tittering that's going behind the scene and, and them looking at him and saying, this man was a carpenter for 33 years. He learned from his father's knee that how he was to build stuff. But he only had been told one time. And really, he listened to his father because he knew that it was his responsibility to respect his father. We know his father was the heavenly father, but Joseph raised him, Mary. I think about the Lord Jesus Christ in what they saw in him. One thing that really comes home to me is when Mary went to the graveside or to the tomb and saw a man there and supposing that he was the gardener started started to talk to him and she talked for a while and finally he said to her Mary, however, what a, whatever voice implicate or tonality that he had, however he phrased this, the, the, this, the statement, Mary, he, she knew immediately who it was. Now, I remember years ago when I was here, I, I probably mentioned some of these things. And, and one of the things that, that I think about about the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Bible says that he was marred in so heavily that no desire to be around him or see him or handle him. I mean, he was he was beat up, he was bruised, he was no bone was broken, but I mean, he his visage was so marred, marred than any other man. I can't imagine that about the Lord Jesus Christ. But this gardener that Mary saw, who was the Christ, didn't look like that. And so what happened in that tomb in three days and three nights? Just imagine. Oh, he told Thomas, look at the scars in my hand, the holes in my hands my feet and the wound in my side. He was Christ. He was the Lord God Almighty. He was the creator of heaven and earth. He was a creator of all things. We can see that in John 1 here. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. 1-1 one, one of John, I'm running now too. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended him not. This was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Word. 
Now, in the same book of John, we want to go to chapter 7 and read a couple of verses here. In John chapter 7, starting in verse 27. Howbeit we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am, and I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. But I know him, for I am from him, and he hath sent me. Speaking of his heavenly father, saying, in verse 36 to 38, what manner of saying is this? That he said, ye shall seek me and shall not find me. And where I am, thither you cannot come. In the last day, in the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. How rich that is. And then verse 46, the officers answered, never man spake like this man. You know what, folks? One day, we will be able to walk and talk with him. We will be in his very presence. Oh, what a glorious day that's going to be. In verse 26, I want to go back to that. It says, but lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is very Christ? They didn't have faith like we have today. Faith, Hebrews 11 once said, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One guy at the conference, he goes, he says, the substance, this is substance under me. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And so when we think of our salvation and the, and the day that that happened to us, we rejoice because we know that something happened to us. Something was revealed to us. And it changed our lives. It causes us to be new creatures in Christ Jesus. Jesus, I believe, was a preacher of righteousness. Jesus Christ was one who didn't have to mince for words. I have to think about things I want to say. And a lot of times what will happen is a, a word like entonces will show up from Spanish 
And then I've got to think, what does entonces mean? And it means then. And something as simple as that will conflict me. But in Jesus, Jesus knows all the languages in the world. When they say, Padre Nuestro, God knows that he's, they're speaking about him. Not the only God in the, in the heavens. And so it is when in every language in this world. You know, the subject of righteousness and holiness and, and sanctification was brought up Tremendously in this conference, over and over and over and over again, we saw it. And you know what? One who pronounced about righteousness in the scriptures a whole lot was the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us, Be ye holy, even as I am holy. He tells us that we need to follow Him. Paul says, you follow me as I follow Christ. And so there are many men in the Bible, as we know, that spoke with authority and power. Nations were changed. People were revived. People were saved. Things happened. Man, 3,000 people added to the church there at Antioch. I mean, that was something. Or was it Jerusalem? Forget right now. 3,000 souls. Lord, please add 50 to this church and to mine. I say mine, it's the Lord's church, but wouldn't we love to see that if it be God's will? And he can do it if he wills to do so. But he also said something. It says in the last days, scarcely be found faith upon earth. Especially if you're preaching the truth. The truth will set you free if you believe it. But there are a lot of people that don't want to hear the truth. I mean, during some of the messages at the conference, there was almost total silence because things were being preached that used to be preached all the time. But they're not as much any longer. And then the subject of Noah was brought up there for a while. That, I think it was Brother Cummins that mentioned Brother Noah. And, and that, that Brother Noah had the, had the calling of God to do something that no one else had ever done. Build an ark. He didn't know what an ark was. God had to place that in his mind, show him what he wanted, give him the measurements of that thing. How many have been up and seen the ark? Anybody? Some, y'all been up there, praise the Lord. I'd like to go. I'd like to see that sometime. In fact, I've got a, I've got a house I can stay in and be fed f- everything, but I just can't get away. But anyway, he preached 120 years to thousands upon thousands of people. And Noah told them about the impending danger of the worldwide flood which was coming. 
and that God was going to punish them <clears throat> because of their wickedness. Their wickedness was so great in the world that it just disgusted God. And he says, I don't like this. I'm going to eliminate it. And I heard you heard a message the other day on, on um, reprobation. You know, there's how many people have you ever heard preach on the subject of reprobation? But think about the flood that God sent upon the earth. They say there were approximately around in the area of three million people. that were drowned at the flood. That is a sign reprobates. What about Sodom and Gomorrah taking Lot and his daughter's out wife and burn the place completely? Reprobates. Now that's not my theme, my theme this evening, but think about it. Here, here's a man of God who, who loved God, but told him of the impending righteous anger that God was going to pour upon them. And when that rain started coming down, the waters from below are coming up. They had never seen such. You can imagine that the highest places were overrun with people trying to seek safety. And I believe it says it was 12 meters over the top of the highest mountain the water flowed. Look when Hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. <clears throat> By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Noah moved with fear. I mean, when you stand before people and you preach subjects that that are not being practiced, things that are repudiated in the day in which we live, things that are hated that God's word teaches, and, and a man of God stands up and preaches against it, people have to go out of that door and think, what am I going to do with that message? How am I going to react to this? No one knew what he was going to be preaching. God put it upon his heart what he needed. He didn't have the Bible like we have. Didn't have it. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Faith is the subject of, now faith is, here it is. Now faith is the substance 
11.1 of things hoped for. The substance of things hoped for. We can put our trust in God. He's a rock in whom we stand. He's the basis of all that we believe. He is the author of all that we believe. That is true. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The world cannot understand why one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people are in here worshiping God. If one guy is behind the pulpit waving his arms and, you know, they look at this as foolishness. We don't, do we? We don't look at this as foolishness. You might say, well, man, I wish we had a serious preacher up there. Listen, look at 1 Peter 3.20. 1 Peter 3 and verse 20. <clears throat> verse Peter 3.20, 18 through 20. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who was, notice here, who was fairly ordained, foreordained, when? Before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. I mean, how many years ago were you saved? Ah, you don't have to answer, but think back. Has it been 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50-some years? Yeah. It was manifested for us in these last times. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and your hope might be in God. And because of that, you see verse 22, seeing ye have purified your souls, how? In obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. That's not talking about the, the um, imputed righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's talking about our obedience to this word. Not taking the word out of its context, but preaching it in its context and saluting God saying, okay, you said it, I'll do it. I'll obey. Not if you believe it. See, some people say, God said it, I believe it, I'll do it. No. God said it, you do it. I do it. Why? Because that's what he expects of us as his children. I mean, when we raised our children in our homes, we had some regulations in our house. When her three brothers came to live with us, they were teenagers. And I told them at the dining room table of Miss Hall, her grandmother, I said, you boys are welcome. Come, we're here, your sister and me. But one thing you have to agree with before you, we make the first step out that door is that you will acknowledge your, your, your sister and me 
as the authority in that home. That what our children are told to do, you too will obey the same regulations. They all agreed to it. We had peace. No screaming, no hollering, no fighting. None of, we don't allow that here. If we do hear this, there will be correction. And they accepted corporal punishment. Our Heavenly Father has says, here's my word. This is what I expect of you. This is what I want you to, if you love me, you'll do these things. you obey me. You won't make fun of what is being said about the word of God. You know, there are a lot of people that take what they want and throw the rest out. Rip pages out of it. Not literally. Did you know what Paul about? Oh, no, no. I don't believe what Paul said about it. He didn't like women. Let's just take that one out. About being in the Lord's house every time the doors are open, if you physically are possible. I ah, know I'm not going to do that. I'll go when I want to, when I please. No, you can't do that. You got to obey God's word. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Why? That he may exalt you in due time. You want to be blessed with the Lord? You want rewards in heaven for what? You've done down here on earth, obey God. That's 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 as clear as it can be. In Second Peter, look at two and five. Second Peter two and verse five. It says here. Ye also as lively stone are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Okay. Is there a qualifier there? There definitely is a qualifier right here. Let me read it again. Ye also as lively stones or living stones, living people are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, talking about the Lord's church, to offer them spiritual sacrifices. In other words, the things we do are to be spiritually led, done in the spirit. And not only that, but acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. I know we can go on with that, but I'm already out of time. Y'all close down here at eight? <laughs> I'll go a couple more minutes here. I don't want to overdo my, I don't know how to even say it. Okay, what kind of a preacher was Christ? 
He was a righteous preacher. Preached righteousness. And we can see that over and over again. What happened to all those folks that had heard from him, Noah, about God and his righteousness? So we've already talked about that a little bit. We could speak about Moses who spoke to millions of people and Elijah who was a challenger of Baal and Jeremiah who was called the weeping prophet and Josiah who pronounced that Baal was not to be worshipped and that only Almighty God was to be called upon. In the New Testament we think of the great spokesmen like Paul and Stephen, John, Peter, and, and many other who were not fearful of what man could do to their physical bodies, but trusted in their future with the Lord God Almighty. They were told to stop preaching that name. He says, we don't obey you when it comes to this point. We do what God has told us to do. God has told us to preach this. Whether you like it or not, we're going to be preaching. Well, you can be thrown in jail. Throw us in jail. What they do in jail? Sang hymns. They beat the fire. The blood run down their backs. They started preaching. They were locking stocks. They were, oh. And then, how many been in an earthquake? <laughs> you know what it's like, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's what happened to the folks there in jail. Paul and Silas were there in that jail and the jailer came out. He was about ready to run himself through with a sword. Do thyself no harm. Don't you do that. We're all here. They were all loosened. The doors were open. The chains were off them. They're out of the stocks, whatever they were imprisoned with. A miracle of God <coughs> had just happened. What must I do to be saved? How did that man know what question to ask? He had been listening to those preachers in jail who maybe he was the one that gave him the whipping. Maybe it was he the one that beat him up. I don't know. We don't know those details, but we know that he knew that he was lost. What must I do to be saved? I'll go down to the church there and take the preacher's hand and get baptized. You'll be all right now. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all thine heart. You should be saved. I believe. Wasn't that night very nightly? They were taken out. The family was taken out and baptized. Now, we don't know what happened to that man afterwards. Couldn't have saved. But, and so then, we continue on here. <clears throat> Verse 
But as we look at the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the way in which he confounded men in high places and did not fear them, he wasn't afraid of them. You know, I think of the, the boldness that Moses and Aaron had to go before Pharaoh. And the things that had to happen in those 10 plagues, amazing that they were still alive. I mean, really, I mean, you would think that Pharaoh would have said, get them. No, to the death of their firstborn. And they said, get out of here. The folks gave him gold and silver raiment food for their trips, and on they went. And the longer Pharaoh and his people sat there, apparently Pharaoh was boiling within, seeing what had just happened. Ten different things, plagues. They experienced it from frogs everywhere, lice. And the stupidity of Pharaoh when he says, ah, we'll take care of that tomorrow. And so the message I heard down in Oregon, one more night with the frogs. Because <laughs> he said, no, I will wait till tomorrow to remove these frogs. And uh, they heaped up those dead frogs and they said the land stank. Can you imagine? Well, anyway. Moses wasn't afraid of them. Neither was Jesus. Neither were the apostles. Sure, I'm, you know, as a Baptist pre pre preacher, there's times where I have a little times of nerves and I get scared. I'm not kidding you. When we first moved in there down there in North Carolina and, and uh, I'm in the garage and I'm doing something there and I hear boom, boom. Voices screaming, megaphones going off. And I go out and I look in the front yard. And marching down the front, in front of our house was like 30, 40 people marching. I don't even know what they're marching against. But I didn't want to get involved with that bunch. I didn't know what they were up to. And I mean, it looked like they were mad about something. And so you, your heart starts beating. But you know what? To the very end of our lives upon earth, God will give us the grace to face our enemies. He'll give us dying grace. None of us want to die. I mean, how many are ready to go tonight? I mean, we're ready to go, but really? Boom. I mean, no, we don't want to get shot. We don't want to get stabbed. But spiritually, we can say within ourselves to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And who gives us this courage? Who gives us this ability to, to, to be able to say that I'm, God is my God? 
Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit lives and dwells within me. He teaches me these things and I will live for him. And I will die for him. You know what? Give God the honor and the glory. Thank him for the salvation that you have. Oh, there's a whole lot more. But Jesus was not afraid to face them and tell them they were sinners. You know, I think about that woman, the Samaritan woman that had, that Jesus asked for a cup of water. And why do you want to drink with me? You guys have nothing to do with us. Just give me a drink of water. Eventually the conversation came, call, call your husband. I don't have any husband. He said, right lady, you've said, you don't have a husband. You've had five, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. I perceive that you're a prophet. No kidding. But that woman, the Lord saved her. She went and told all her people, and they came to hear the message of God. Wasn't afraid. His holiness and his father's were was one of the topics that he spoke about, as we can read in that, that account. He spoke of eternity, about the gospel's power to change and convert people. He told men of the necessity of repentance and regeneration. Listen, folks. Every one of us Talk to people through the week. Every one of us. Carry some gospel tracts, invitations to this church with you when you go. You don't know what's in the mind of that person or that person or that person. You don't know what's going, what's going on through him right now because of all that's going on in the world today. They might have been raised in a Baptist church somewhere and, and they're not going right now. And just a little tract or a word of encouragement might spurn that person to look up this church and start coming here. Don't be afraid of people. Why should we fear them? What can they do to you? They're not going to do anything to you. They may make face at you. They might Swear at you, but so what? That swearing that they do, God can take that and convict them of their sin when he tells them not to blaspheme God and tells them in, in, in Matthew 5 not to swear at all by anything. Not to swear. Don't ever be afraid of man. And I preach that because I can but I know what I'm talking about because I used to be afraid too. I mean, I've actually gone to doors years ago, go to a door and say, I hope no one answers the door. <laughs> Horrible. God, forgive me for my lack of faith. But the more you get involved with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and him crucified, risen, Buried and risen and living on high today. The closer 
the more you tell people about that, the easier it gets. And what joy floods your soul when one is saved. And not only that, you don't know where they're going from that conversation you have with them. They might go home. They might live 20, 30 miles away and never come back to this door. But in heaven, you know what's going to happen? Hey, Mike, do you know me? Do you remember me? At the gas station, at, at, you gave me a track and it had the gospel story and that's why I'm in heaven today because I read that and I trusted in Jesus Christ and, and I went to a Baptist church out in that area where I live. But it was you giving me that gospel track that preached to my soul. And sitting in, a, in, in one of the Lord's churches or, 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 or maybe not one of the Lord's churches, I heard the gospel preached again and again and again. And it came to my heart and saved my soul. Be missionary. We are missionary. Practice missionary. I know a lot of churches, church buildings I've been in, right? The back door, it says, you are now entering into the mission field. <laughs> because we are. Out there is the mission field. Okay, I've gone 15 minutes over, 17 minutes over. Lord bless you with these things, and, and I pray that it has been a blessing to you. Maybe not as quite as organized as, a, as a, 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 a message that I had a lot more time in preparation of, but the Lord's good. He gives us his word. And uh, Brother Glenn, you come on. Thank you for your attention.